Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is the second of our Cheltenham Festival review episodes. It's out a little bit later than the vast majority of uh, uh, festival reviews, just because, well, we wouldn't have had all else to talk about. Uh, we're going to be discussing the Thursday and the Friday and the meeting, and they seem like a very, very long time ago now, don't they? Uh, the world's a, a bit of a different place, and it really will be the last bit of jumps action we'll probably discuss this season. We would have had the Lincoln last weekend. It would have been the Grand National this week. It would have been probably my favourite week of the racing year. So we thought we'll cling on to Cheltenham to give us a bit of a bit of light in a dark time and we'll and we'll go all the way back and maybe refresh some memories uh from what was now almost two over two weeks ago. Uh, I'm joined as per usual by the big man himself, Mr James Watson. How are you doing, Hello. Paul? Smashing. Um isolated for a week now. I've not been outside, not done any form of physical contact other with me, mother and father. Yeah, very, very good. Um, I'm, I quite quite get used to this isolation life. Um, my life's normally very, very busy, cooking and going to work, going to uni. And, and this quiet week, well, so far, exactly a week today since I've been off. So it's been quite refreshing, really. You see, by the time the next episode will happen, Jim Watson will have picked socks Sergio Aguero, James Watson up <laughs> and drop kicked him out of the window. He's currently yeah. sat directly in front of me on my bed. Um, he, he's loving he's never seen so many people at home at the same time is he confused up a lad yeah I, I had to break him up from a fight as well the other day he was scrapping his yard <laughs> he, he was absolutely beating the living daylights out of this massive white scraggy cat and he had him every day of the week he was twice the size of this other cat but socks just kept battering on top he was on top he had his tail one positive about my cat, you, you none of you know this because we've never discussed it really, but he's uh, missing half his tail. We don't know how once he came in with half a tail. And uh, so the other cat couldn't really get a grip on his tail because <laughs> it's just a little short, stubby tail. So, yeah, I, I just that's about as much excitement as I've had this week. I've split up a cat fight. <laughs> Jim Ball Watson, isolation hero. Saving cats left, right, and centre. Uh, we'll talk about a different animal though, horse time, Jim. And we will start with the first race on the Thursday. It was the Marsh Novices Chase, and it produced a brilliant finish between three familiar faces at the festival. Sam Crow just getting up on the line to beat Melon, who headed him. Fahin running an absolute stormer in third as well. Uh, Jim, credit where credit's due to Sam Crow. People had doubted him. I doubted him, even though I had my auntie post money on him. If you'd have said you can have your money back to put it on Mr. Fisher, I'd have snapped your hand off. <laughs> Fortunately, William Hill didn't let me do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I ended up making heavy profit off the race. Uh, but I guess the key to take from this, mate, is grade one horses. Uh, grade one horses on the day. Bang on. Uh, festival form, key once again here. Um, I'm here to eat my huge slice of humble pie. I have slabs, slabs ugh, I can't speak, slagged Sam Crow off near year, and I've never been his biggest fan. I laughed at you when you backed him for this race in December, around that time. Oh. 
October. October, even longer ago than that. And I just didn't think he were there anymore. I, I just thought he'd lost his fight. But he showed great tenacity on the run into uh, after getting headed by Mellon. Um, them three at the front. God, this was some race. Although I'd back Mr. Fisher, I was I was shouting for Fahin to absolutely rattle them. And I still think if he jumped the second last better, uh, he would have been there. And he, he sort of was a bit slowish over the last. Uh, if he'd have jumped better, I thought um, Fahin would have finished a lot closer because he was filling, finishing with a wet sail on the outside. Mellon Mellon's must be so agonising for connections to finally get that Cheltenham Festival win. I thought... Everyone around me thought that Mellon had got up, and I was nigh on on the rail. Um, and everyone and had got up, and I was. Uh, and from where I was stood, I was pretty sure Sam Crow had held on. Um, but sadly, it wasn't to be for Mellon. And this was an absolutely tremendous race. I really, really enjoyed it. What a way to have kicked off the fourth day of the festival, having not had a winner for the first two days, con- continuing into the third day, and still not having a winner. But it was a very enjoyable race. Um, and Mr. Fisher, I think if he'd have been, he was asked with his effort a bit too late. If I'm being picky, um, Nico de Bonville had a tremendous Cheltenham Festival and I do not slag him off for his ride at Mr. Fisher. But if he was to ride the race again, I think he would. I think he'd be slightly closer. Uh, I think I just think the front three just got away from him. And that's my take. No, I don't. But I think he could have finished a bit closer. I don't think he'd have been as far away. Um, and the one horse I took out of this race, out of the top four, was Sam Sonny of Paul Nichols's. I thought he jumped very, very well. He was he was an eye catcher for me. I love the way he jumped. He travelled very well, and he just didn't have that second gear to just go a bit quicker. I think a drop back to two mile will be more interesting for him. And he's a horse. He's only five and he's chasing. So keep an eye out on him. I think he's got a big, big uh, future. Official mark of 147 for St. Sonny. So that, that would put him, you know, in, in the sort of category to running a bet victor at the start of next season. Yeah, I think he'd be massively Obviously, interested he, in something like that. If they kept him at the trip. I I agree about Sam Crow, Jim. He, was, he would have been a horse I couldn't have backed on the day. You'd have had to be uh, mental. But there was money. There was money. It was very, very, very well supported. So you, you could have had, you know, I, I, I guess people knew some somewhere that he was on his way back to his best or they were expected better from him. How high do you think he can go in terms of open grade one company? Because, like we said, mate, on his day, when everything drops right for him, he's a very, very good racehorse. I guess the caveat with that is he is a very good racehorse that does have physical problems. And I guess whether Pick Sam Crow will always turn up, he's always going to be somewhat of a leap of faith. Yeah. Whereas... Melon Jim, like you said, I, I I know I kind of used Melon as a bit of a benchmark to knock uh, because I do I do actually think this is the first time in a long time he's gone off at the Cheltenham Festival at a reasonable price. He's what? tended to have been a lot shorter 
I'd I'd have uh, marked him marked him down as he was 16 uh, in for his last year's champion early. appearances. Sorry, he was 16 for last year's champion hurdle. Shown absolutely nothing before that though. Yeah. And given given that over there, you know, uh, Lauren and Apple's Jade Roll coming off is a bit of a hype pass. I don't think that that was that was unfair. It was maybe a bigger price in hindsight, but at the time, I think he could have. I think that was fully fully justified. He's he's run a stormer here, Jim. But I, I I guess almost a bit of an issue with Melanie's. Is he going to be very very hard to place next season? Where would you go with him? Uh, we've well, got the choice of the champion chase or the Ryanair, and you could see him being more competitive in a Ryanair, especially the competitive nature of the champion chase at this moment in time. Next season, we've heard the news that Altior is coming back again um, with Chacon Porsoir. We never got to saw how good see how good he was, and Defi Desai obviously disappointed, but he's still a horse with huge talent. You'd be easy. Fancy Mellon to be up there with the likes of this year's winner and, and previous winners of the race. I, I just, I just, I think it's a more intelligent option if you are owners and connections of Mellon. If you want Mellon to finally win a Cheltenham Festival race, he won't win it though, will he? Is he just? Is this? This was this the? I was going to say, was this the weakest of the three festival novice chasers? I guess in hindsight, not too many of the big guns really fired in the Arkle. But again, would I? I would be less keen on Sam Crow and Mellon as potential Grade One Open winners next season as I would be a horse like Champ or even Alaho. Yeah, whereas I'd see Sam, I'd see Sam Crow more as a Gold Cup prospect for next season rather than a Ryanair. Do you think he wants that far? I'd, I'd quite like to just see him turn up in a Gold Cup and see how he runs because the the plan with Sam Crow all along has been a Gold Cup and I'd quite like to see him running it. I, I understand that. I understand that he was bought as a Gold Cup horse and I guess his, his career path almost took the shape it did because of how good he was as a novice hurdler. You know, you'd almost expect a Ballymore horse in a, jig, a horse running a Ballymore for Jiggingstown to then be going over three miles as a chaser, traditionally, mm. or at least two and a half. Uh, they took him back down in trip and dragged him in a champion hurdle campaign because he was such a good novice hurdler. I just worry about, like you said, Sam Crow's physicality for a Gold Cup. Because he can fold very tamely. He does have that issues, you know, like he's got he's on a, a nebulizer at home. And it's taken a gargantuan training effort from Gordon Elliott to get back here. And I couldn't have him as a gold cup horse. You, you said that he folded. He, he folds quite easy though, but this race he had to show some heart to rally with Mellon on that running. And well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not not I'm not saying he he folds easily all the time, but he can fold easily. And I think that that is indicative of a physical issue with him. Like last season, go back and watch the Ryanair hurdle. How well he's travelling and then how quickly he stops. Yeah. 
just like the tank empties completely, doesn't it? Exactly. And that's and that's why back end of last season, the reason I backed him in October was because once he found the physical issue, I thought, right, well, he's still travelling like a good horse. If they've sorted this out, hopefully he's as good as he thought he was. And at Down Royal, I thought, I'm in here. And then at Limerick, I thought, nope, problem's not sorted. Because he did the same thing. I don't... I. I'd, I don't think on the overall body of form I would step Sam Crope in trip. I could see maybe why you'd make a case for it if you had only watched the marsh. But I I wouldn't be wanting to go further with him, giving, giving him almost a hard race on his lungs and no, it wouldn't be for me. It wouldn't be for me. Faheen, absolutely brilliant in third, mate. Yeah, great to see. Uh, a massive performance for him. Uh, I couldn't back him at all. I thought he was a far too short a price. And he's had a tremendous season over fences. And he's ran his hour. If he's just jumped to the last two, a slight tad better. Probably the second last more than the last. Um, he's been switched on the outside and he's come on with a wet sail. He's ran, he ran outstanding. Um, and hopefully, whatever Fahim does from now on in, it, it's a bonus, isn't it? It'll be interesting to see if Punches Town goes ahead or whatever. I don't. I don't know. I haven't been really reading the racing news recently. However, um, but if he was to have a last race, it'd sort of, in my opinion, it'd have to be Punches Town. And if that is this season or next season, does not bother me. Yeah, and reserve tank dismal again being pulled up at the rear. Is he a contender when we do our end of season awards for flop of the year? Oh, flop of the year! It, it'll pay me to put a Colin Tizard horse in that in that division, but he won't be far away from it. I think it might be a toss up between him and Classical Dream, mate. Oh, oh, what, what a competition that is! That's something to look forward to for Turf Talk listeners in a couple of weeks. Oh, I we 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 will we will do an end of season awards episode. Again, that that might be in a, in a week or two. We're just trying to. I mean, we don't we don't know how much racing, well, when racing will return. So we don't want to rinse rinse all our ideas straight away. And then me, you know, you're left with an episode of me talking about the 2007 Grand National in depth. I'll get two listeners, and one will be me, and one will be Adam Webb. <laughs> As we move on to the potemps. And a back-to-back handicap winner at the festival here, Sire de Burley uh, for JP and Barry Garrett in a handicap hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival. Who would have thought? He did this really, really well, Jim. Time form having run into a better figure than the winner of the Stayers, which we'll talk about later. A 1-2 for Gordon Elliott, the storyteller, two-way Permi home in third, and then third wind for Huey Morrison, relegate ran exactly like everyone expected relegate to hope in fifth. Uh, Jim, this, this was a very, very good performance from Sire de Burley. Yeah, I've been quick to slate this race in in the past six months. However, Sire de Burley has run an absolute cracker. Um, the storyteller caught the eye coming around the bend for everyone. He was cruising. David Russell had him under supreme control. And Barry Garrett, he was just slightly niggling away and he showed a very, very good attitude side of Burley to stay on gamely in the end and winning by half a length. The storytellers ran outstanding 
Um, it, it was sort of looked like a handicap job. He was a grade one chaser running a handicap hurdle. Um, so the, the form was there. He, he obviously had a chance. He was letting off one four nine. Um, and it's once again goes to show that the Irish really have a stronghold in this race. They have this race by the absolute short and curlies. Um, two-way permit finishing third and relegate back in fifth. They've lost to finishing the first five home of the attempts, which is sad to see from England. Well, it's, it, it is how it is, Jim. And if, if you take a look at it, say the Burley's form was bang there. He would... He had been running all right this season. I don't think people had been giving him quite as much credit as he'd have thought, especially because I guess after he won the Potemps last year, and he was the obvious Potemps plot job last season, that people were kind of dismissing him, especially when obvious plot jobs such as the Storyteller existed, and whether they thought Saida Burley was handicapped right up to the hill. Uh, but he'd done, he had been running all right, uh, without without threatening to win, but it was a steady enough attempts qualification campaign really, and he's come here off top weight and, and done it really well. He's it doesn't look like the storyteller's ever getting up. No, it doesn't. And um, we said on the preview that it's going to take a mighty performance. I think he was ten pound higher than winning the race last year, and. He has done a phenomenal performance, Gordon Elliott, with this horse to get it in front. And Barry Geraghty, once again, I said it on the first podcast, but I've been quick to slag him in recent years, but he rode a phenomenal race on this. And the handicap hurdles were just mopped up by him and JP. Yeah, what a shock there as a multiple grade one winning jockey, whose first jockey for JP McManus actually turns out to be quite decent at his job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who would have thought who would have thought that uh, I mean he's had a Burley graded quality given what we now know about the stayers hurdle Ooh. where do you think he'd have mixed it in there running to the same level of form oh that's a very 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 good question um, we we saw him, didn't we, last season at Aintree run in the... Did he run in the Grade 3 handicap hurdle? And he was disappointed yeah, after that. He was put up £8 for that, and he didn't really run his race. That was his... Uh, was that his career high mark over hurdles? Yeah. Uh, yes. Of one five three, and he disappointed. And I know he had a tough race at Cheltenham and then went to Aintree, but if he was going to be a top-class... Although you don't... <laughs> Once again, we saw in the stairs earlier, we'll talk about it later, was that really a top-class race? Um, finishing fourth to the jam man at Navin early season, I know that will have been a prep, uh, obviously because he's been mainly a, a, aimed at this. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think so, personally. Uh, he's had his go to excel after winning the race last year. He had his chance to announce himself onto the stairs hurdle scene in the handicap entry. And he didn't. So he still could progress as he's only eight and he's very, very lightly raced. He only had 15 hurdle starts, but I, I can't see him being in stays hurdle calibre. That's fair, that, Jim. That is fair. Like you said, two good chasers in the storyteller. 
and two way per me both rated in the mid. Well, the storyteller rated in the high 150s, two way per me mid 150s, getting in, you know, between 10 to 15 pounds on a better mark. They filled second and third. Both of them would probably have gone for the national next if that was going ahead. Third win, best of the British in fourth. And I ended up back in relegate. The horse I liked for it, Phoenix Way, didn't end up running. So I fell I fell back onto relegate. And, and, and do you know what? You, you wouldn't have even had to have known. You, if you've not seen this race <laughs> and have watched relegate on her last two runs, copy and paste, and you get the same. Uh, there will be a big one in her. There will be a big one in her, but it is just she, she's she has to be ridden so quietly and from and from the rear so much that I, I wonder whether she's going to be a horse. I think she was overbet, even though I backed her. I do think she was overbet and she was a couple of points shorter than she should have been. Yeah, eleven to two were far too short for me. Do you want to know who I backed it's, in this race? To add to, so, to, add, to add to add to my dismal punting performance, Scandiberg. Cracking. Scandi Bird and Kilbrick and Storm. Well, that went well, didn't it? Yeah, but with, with Relegate, it is, I, I, I do worry about whether her style, that means that she's almost close, always closing at the finish, means she's always going to be overbet in races like this because she's consistently eye-catching. Yeah, she's she could become a major cliff horse for a lot of people. And that's that, that's no that's not through a fault of her own. That's not through her being awkward or oh, having no. a bit of an no, it's not. problem. I don't think. But I just think the way a race has to almost drop her away for it for it to allow her to get to the front in time. And the fact that she will always be one of the quickest ones at the finish, we see it often. You know, we see it. You can see it often. Whereas in a, the example is the Arkle Trail earlier at the sea earlier in the season. Where Al Dancer beat Getaway Trump. Oh, Getaway Trump, there was an eye catching second, went off Fav to beat him again. And Al Dancer came home ahead once again, and I'll put the kettle on beat them both. But that can happen. And I just I just wonder whether, whether Relegate will be much of a betting proposition going forward. Yeah. Um, not. It, it's You can't even put it into words, really, with Relegate, can you? But I'm sure when she goes off 20 to 1 for some big race next time, uh, if we ever see jump racing ever again, <laughs> um, if she'll be competitive. Yeah, as we move on to the Ryanair gym, and well deserved this for Min, who really is a class act. Unlucky not to have got a festival a victory uh, to his name before before this and he did really well to hold off the challenge of St. Calvados mentioned on here by Luca Viscoliose uh, at a big price went off 16 to 1 a neck behind great ride from uh, Gavin Sheehan Aplutar really ran to form in third I think uh, Frodon couldn't quite match his heroics from last season in fourth uh, what this was Jim I think was a simple case of the best horse in the race winning yeah, I agree. And on the day I was sucking into our Plutar, we've been banging how good he has been since winning the Close Brothers last year. And I 
went with the young up-and-comer against the standard setter. And this time I had egg on my face because Min jumped superbly. The thing that won this race for Min was his jumping. He jumped the best I've ever seen him. Um, he kept on gamely towards the end. Uh, St. Calvados was coming late. Gavin Sheen had given the horse a wonderful ride. Um, he was, we know St. Calvados, he's known for two mile races, uh, handicaps, and, and we've seen him be competitive this season. But he was chucked in at graded level, uh, grade one level here, and he's ran a performance of his life, um, just being a neck. Um, great bit of tipping by Luca, that, to be fair. Uh, and Frodon sadly couldn't keep his crown. He, he's not been the same horse, really, this season, in my That's opinion. Um, what do you say, Lee? I think he has. Do you think? Yeah, I, I, I just don't think... I, just don't th- I don't think Frodon has regressed. I just think the way this season has panned out hasn't suited him as well as it did last year. The, the old roan was never going to suit him because it wasn't enough of a test of jumping and they had to quicken uh, on the flat. He got beat by Forrest Bian, who really is a horse who has more form over two miles or as much form over two miles. He is as quick a horse than Frodon. Similar comments to apply to Kalashnikov as well. Who Did he also finish ahead of him in the old round? Yeah, he did. I think he finished second, did he? Yeah, so you got that. Then he ran in the Betfair. Which was which... clear it wasn't going to suit. Yeah, he, he 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 didn't stay. He was beat by the best uh, horse in the race. Yeah, got, and, and as well got beat by two better horses. I think Bristol Demise is a better horse than Frodon. Yeah, I do as well. Then he went and won the Silvaniaco Conti, which he was entitled to win. That, that that was that was him running to a fairly similar level to what he won the Ryanair with last season, I think. Yeah. You know, he's ahead of ahead of A, so road to respect. Mono Lee over a, a distant shot of his best, you know. And then today he couldn't uh, at Cheltenham he couldn't he couldn't quite get his way up front because no. there were better horses around him. You know, Min's Min's uh, basic basic travelling speed is quicker than anything Frodon had to have to put up within the race last season, and therefore he couldn't get the way he couldn't get his own way. He couldn't put himself in the best position to run to his optimum. And once it happened, they were never going to win. No. I, f- uh, I, I, do, I do think people have been overly harsh on Frodon this season. I don't think he's had a bad year. Last season, he had a very good year and achieved about as much as, as was possible for a horse of his ability. This season has been a little bit of a... dragged back down to earth a little bit. He's a very, very good horse when things drop right, but against the proper, genuine top notches, go back and watch Mims winning the Melling Chase last season. It was the best grade one victory all year. Oh, yeah, that was destructive, wasn't it? Um, I'd have just quite liked to have seen Frodon finish a bit closer to the front three, if anything, if I'm being picked. But once, but once he was headed, that wasn't going to happen. No. No. You Which... know, the... the, the the, the the race didn't go his way inside the first mile. No. Um, riders on a storm. What do you take out of his race? Too early to say. Too early to say. It was going all right. It was just it was it was making a move, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, remains a nice prospect for next season, and they've done really well with him this year. The Twiston Davis team. Does it worry you that now that he's fallen twice at Cheltenham? Would you 
maybe he's not a fan of maybe look more towards injury for him next season wasn't something I'd considered wasn't something I'd considered Jim uh, at this stage I'd put it down I'd I'd become I'd be happy enough putting it down to a coincidence Right. If I was Nigel Twiston Davis, I wouldn't not be running riders on the storm at Cheltenham. Right, right, because that's just a slight worry for me. He doesn't get overly high over his fences, and Cheltenham are bigger than most. And I just, I just don't think they suit him as much. You could, you could be absolutely spot on with that, mate. You could be absolutely spot on. Uh, let's go back to the winner on Min Jim. Sixth grade one success of his career, by my count. And again, like you said, I think we've kind of been sucked into the uh, the sexiness of Aplutar, who, who has still ran an all right race. But Peak Min, I, I guess he turns up in the same form again next season. He's the one they all have to beat. Would you like to see him go over three miles, though? As in a King George type campaign. Oh, I'd, I'd like to. I was thinking this the other day. I watched cue cards King George back, and I was like, "There's Rich Ritchie, there's Jigginstown. I feel like the King George needs some Irish competitors in, it. and I think the Betfair Chase needs some as well. And I know they've got perfectly acceptable races. You look at the Christmas, and they've got the JMY, haven't they? Um, on the same day as the Charlie Hall. But I quite like to see some Irish competitors come over for the King George and the Betfair. Um, I'd, I'd love Min to come over and have a go in the King George. I think he'd be massively interested. Um, we've seen horses get away with it. Um, even if they... Do you think Min will stay three miles in general? Three mile at Sandown? Or a three mile at Kempton, but not a three mile at, uh, at Cheltenham? I don't know. And that's... that. I, I, I wouldn't discount him staying three miles at Kempton. I think it's entirely possible. Because I'd quite like to see him have a go. Um, I, I know the most he's ever runs two mile four, but well two mile five if you count the Brian Airy two mile four and whatever two hundred. But um, he wasn't. I don't think he was stopping. I think he was just waiting for Saint Calvados behind. It, I didn't feel. I always felt like he was holding Saint Calvados. I never thought he was going to get past. On St. Calvados and Jim, brilliant, brilliant ride from Gavin Sheehan. Enjoyed a brilliant season for him as well. Much improved horse really since one going up in trip and two, the change of tack from having him from a, you know, a bit of a bold free going front runner to a horse who who is now obviously at his peak under a more conservative ride. And a repeat of this, Jim, should see him competitive in grade ones next season almost as, as good as he looked as a novice. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you'd think that St. Calvados has been around for years. He's only a seven-year-old, isn't he? Um, he? He is only just getting to his peak now. Next season will, in my opinion, be his peak season. Um, I, I think that he's full of potential for Harry Whittington. He'll be competitive in all the races he turns up next season. And I think the ground's key to him. Um, I, I think he really, really would need soft or heavy ground, if I'm being honest. He's got big galloping action, and I like the I, I like the fact that he's adjusted to the way he 
he's ridden now. He used to be very, very headstrong, didn't he? Had to go from the front, pinged at his fences. But now he's held up. It's almost like he's he's matured a bit. And he's just learned to settle and he just sits behind the first five or six and then he jump, he, his jumping hasn't changed. It's still perfect. Um, and obviously, St. Calvados, the target will be this race next season and, and you can't see why he won't be competitive. And at Blue Tide, I'd say similar comments apply to him, Jim. Only six and has run, but was very impressive in the novice handicap last season. That it was re-watching that race that kind of swung me back to Apluta, the speed in which he quickened in between the, uh, you know, once he jumped the first in the home straight. And yeah. then he showed enough speed to win, to win the Dublin chase as well. Was it the Dublin chase, the one at Christmas? Is that the Dublin chase? Oh, it's a Paddy Power, uh, Daphne chase, isn't it? Uh, he won that anyway. Uh <laughs> And he's, 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 he's still within two lengths of, of Min and St. Calvados here. This was an all right performance, but there should be better days. Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, Aplutar over two. Do you think that that just. Do you think that Aplutar wants further, or do you think two mile four is perfect for him, or do you, would you step him back down to two? I think this is his optimum trip at this stage. Yeah, you think. I, think it's I, I could see him in a couple of seasons, stamina just coming out of him a bit, and yeah. I, I'd see three. I quite like see him. I think he's a future Gold Cup horse. That that was my initial reaction when he won the Close Brothers last year. But that could get but, complicated if he's a future Gold Cup horse with the colours that he's running in, because there's a potential. Oh goal. no! Who cares? Let them all run against each other, Jim. <laughs> Do Chievely Park have a different? They have white coloured caps, don't they? When when they've got two of the race from the flat. Um, yeah, the third colours are with a red cap. Yeah, never knew that. Yeah, that that's the thing. I I understand why they held off going over three miles this season with Aplutar, given that he didn't look, look didn't look like he stayed against Delta Work at Punchestown after. Uh, and I was surprised he was quick enough to win a Grade One over two miles. Uh, I'd 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 go a similar route. I'd go a similar route this season and hope that maybe with another year, it, it doesn't take loads to make up two lengths. No, it it's doesn't. A of scrappy jumps here and there. Yeah. If, if Min and Min's jumping's what won that race, and if Min had missed one, um, I'd I'd have probably seen an Aplutard had winged a few. He'd have been picking up the pieces, wouldn't he? Yeah, that, that's what happens. As we move on to the feature race of the Tuesday, it is the Stayers Hurdle. Of the Tuesday? Tuesday, I said Thursday. He said Tuesday. <laughs> Who cares? As we move on. <laughs> I will listen to this back. I'm sure I said Thursday. Right. Everyone, everyone needs to listen to it. Tell him that he said Tuesday then. And if he said Thursday, make sure I get harassed. Ha, harass. As we, as listener Gar Oscar, Ronald Pump and Bacardis headed home at 50s, 20s and 33s. Uh, I hope you're enjoying your isolation on the Bahamas if you had the trifecta with them. Paisley Park, obviously. Came on with a, Did you see what the Tricast paid? <laughs> no, go on. Twenty-eight thousand three hundred and eighty-one pounds. 
And it was all there if you read into it. Everyone, we were all kicking ourselves after going, how could, how could a horse who finished ninth in the fixed brush, how did we let him go off 50-1? to one? <laughs> the, key, the key to this day as hurdle is the fixed brush. It, it's, we saw last year, look who won the race last year and won the fixed brush. Look who went off favourite the year before. Uh, Sam Spinner won the fixed brush. See, that's the key to this race. Um, we've always held Liz Nagar Oscar in high regard, haven't we, Lou? But never this high. <laughs> Didn't like him this season. It, it was a it was a failed novice chase campaign, wasn't it? That was more off putting than anything. Um, yeah, because you know what, he he did run really well in the Cleve. Yeah, time. he travelled really well through that. But that was a career best. Yeah. Off the back of a, off the back of yeah, what was it, a bit of a dismal novice chasing campaign, and he's he's improved again here to to garner the biggest win of his career. I love the staying hurdlers, Jim. I absolutely love the the division. It's a bit like the sprinters on the flat. Yeah. Where you, you can get it's it's a grade one division that's the most unpredictable, and you can get your your 20s and your 50s popping up here and there. Four of the first five home were failed chasers. They'd all gone over fences. <laughs> failed. Converted back to hurdles. Can it be changed to the failed failed chasers staying hurdle? It's got a better it's ring to it. It's a, bit, it's a bit like the MLS. The staying hurdle is the MLS. <laughs> or the Chinese league. A bit like... When, you know when footballers and they go, oh, I'm coming to the end, I need, need something to do. Reinvent yourself as a staying hurdler. <laughs> that's that, because that's everyone's plan B, isn't it? It's not going well. Somerville boy was, you know, started the season as a two-mile chaser. Yeah. He's it's mental, isn't it? Hurdler. And that's why I love it, because it is such a bit of a ragtag bunch of misfit horses. And you stick them all together in an in a dis in a discipline that okay some of them like Liz Nagar, Oscar and Ronald Pump have been competing in over a while but then you get your your apples Jade and Somerville boy types who are kind of thrown in as a bit of a last chance saloon to reinvent themselves. Uh, it's a division I absolutely love even though I might be slightly on my send with that. Uh, I mean. Do you know what? He has done this quite well, Jim. The he has. I've just, I've just watched the finish again, and he's put his head down, and he was pulling away from the field. Another point I want to make: how he went off fifty to one, I don't know, because every man and his dog in the my local pub backed him. Everyone had. They're all collected. They had five pound wins on him, two pound win. They had everything on him. Everyone, everyone in the whole of Bury backed uh, Les Nagar Oscar. Many people's dogs are called Oscar in Bury, judging by the sounds of it. Uh, and that was the pure reason. And he, he's won this very, very impressively in the end. And we know that Paisley's underperformed. It, it's, it was heartbreaking, really, to watch. I, I really, I, it brought my heart watching this race, because I, I absolutely adore Paisley. Um, the campaign last season was remarkable, and the story behind it was great. But 
it it was just like someone had ripped the heart out of the Cheltenham Festival, and every and silence was just upon the course. It was weird, very very weird. Um, but going back to the front three, I I, I can't really describe what what to do with uh, Lesnar Garoska. We saw he got beat by Paisley last time in the Cleave. He had four lengths to make up, and he's beat Paisley by a lot more of that this time round. And well, what do you what do you do with this form? Do you sit here and and take it as it is, or, or do you let back and let them run against each other next season and see that this is completely different to what it was? Um, the only horse who I think will be as competitive in this division next season is Emmy Tom. Um, Emmy Tom and Paisley Park will be the two for this this season. How gutted would you be if what's the Rooney horse called Harry Fry who skipped this race to go to entry? If the, the cap, how devastated would you be if you were owners and uh, trainer of if the cap fits? Because this this was winnable, wasn't it? That he disappointed, but so did most of these last time out. So yeah, a, a confusing, confusing race and. Apples Jade, just just a brief mention. Happy retirement. Um, she's been superb, superb for Gordon Elliott, um, an absolute star on the hurdling scene. And off to stud she goes to see little Apples Jade in a few years' time. That'd be great to see. Well, Jim, I I on your point of how literally do you take this form? I'd say fairly. I do Explain. think Liz Nagarovska has run a career best here by some degree. But he was on the way back at Cheltenham last time out and he was a decent novice last season. Ran well in what was a, uh, a well above average renewal of the spud race. And then again, only had Champ and Emmitom ahead of him. A fresher Emmitom were in. At Aintree... Ronald Pumpy was the most progressive horse in the race. You know, kept winning, ran really well under top weight in a Potemps qualifier. Trace Enid Carver, who went in and won another Potemps qualifier. Uh, in fact, he's probably the most progressive horse in Britain or Ireland this season. And Ronald Pump had actually been running fairly well over fences, even though he's, a, he's, he's not a very big animal. Did you go and see him in Paddock? No, I didn't. He's... He's not very big, and you could and you could see why they decided to abort the chasing campaign. But he beat Captain CJ on his first start, and then he was second in the Drimmore. So he's still he's still a 150s odd chaser, just probably better over hurdles. And we know that the card is, you know, if you go back and watch Elise Mullen, and then you say he's third in the stairs, you go, yeah, fair enough. So he's replicated his form there. The thing that obviously is, has made everyone, I guess, question his form a little bit is the fact that Paisley Park's come home with a problem. Yeah. So we put a line through that with him because that that's not him running running to his form. You know, there's, there's an obvious excuse there. You don't. I wouldn't go into Paisley Park's next start and say, oh, he was seventh in the stairs because that that wasn't the Paisley Park we usually see on a race course. That was a Paisley Park with an issue. 
So I'm happy enough to forgive that. But if Paisley Park comes home ahead of those three, I don't think we particularly question it. No, you, you could say that. Um, but I'm still unsure. You've made a very, very strong case of why it would be a good thing. However, I, I only saw Paisley Park and it didn't happen. So I'm going to question the variables of this race. And Paisley wasn't right. He's lost two of his hind well, shoes. That's, that's, that's not good race reading, though, because if you see, if Paisley Park comes ahead of Liz Nagaroska, do you still question Liz Nagaroska second? Uh, no. Then why the, the 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 fact that Paisley Park has come home with a problem shouldn't mean you do that. Uh, Liz Nagaros could still run to the same level whether Paisley Park's fit or not. Yes, but <laughs> but Liz Nagaroska, who had not exactly had the best season ever, even finishing well behind in a fixed brush, has won a stays hurdle. You have you have to question that. Previous, previous, previous to his last run, that that he had shown nothing to be winning a stairs hurdle. No, he hadn't. You're right. But, but there, there, there was bits and pieces of his novice form that suggested he would, he would be capable of all right race in a race like this. And things, things have gone his way. He's improved for his running the cleave. And I, I, I do, I take this literally, mate. I take this literally. You, you shouldn't be drawn in to thinking that because Paisley Park didn't run to form, that nothing else did, and that it was a, it was an absolute jumbled up race. Right. I, 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 I wouldn't want to get drawn into that. Forgive Paisley Park, would be what I'd be doing with it. But I, I, I also wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't be taking your view on the rest of the form because like you've said Paisley Park wins it looks like it makes sense the fact that he's come back with a fibrillating heart doesn't doesn't nullify the fact that actually you can you can make cases for as to why the horses who finished ahead of him have have run you know either career best well you know I think Ronald Pump and Liz Nagaroska have run career bests, but you can make cases as to why they might have run a career best in this race. That's all I'm saying, and I will echo your thoughts on Apple Jade. Who, do you know what, mate? For a while, I thought she, I, I thought they might have had a switched on. She, she looked like she was loving it. <laughs> there was thought, a moment coming down that back straight where I was thinking, Christ, they've let Apple's Jade go 15 lengths clear. Is this a peak, peak Apple's Jade? Um, and sadly, it wasn't beat. Richard Johnson was fair dues on him on connections. Everyone just get Richard Johnson's goal and Jamar Brown and catch me if he can. Um, if you're going to go out, go out in style, and that's what she did. Going out in style in a blaze of glory. That's what we'd say. Oh, it's 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 even more mad when you think that Lizna Garoska ran in a pretense qualifier. Of 140 and fell at the second <laughs> two starts ago. He still he won he won the stairs hurdle rated inferior to Chef des Oboe over both codes. All right, that's a low blow, Christ. That's but that's the game. That's why we love the spot. Well done to Rebecca Curtis. Well done to Adam Wedge. First grade one for him. Uh, 
No, it's not. Uh, isn't it? First oh, grade one was Esprit de Large. Over hurdles. Oh, oh you're not having that one. <laughs> I saved it. I remembered the horse before you did. Uh, and yeah, up the staying hurdlers. I'll, I, I absolutely love the madness of the division. And we love big priced tricasts. Uh, as we move on to the Burn Great, uh, it's not the Burn Great plate anymore. Anyway. The Mild May of Fleet is its proper name. Brown and Advisory Maribel Stable Plate Handicap Chase. Aye. And Jim, I'll let you take this one on because the only winner you backed all fest. Go on, pal. This this winner means an awful lot to me. This horse will stick in my memory until the day I die. My only Cheltenham Festival winner of 2020. Uh, simply the best. What a great rallying performance this was from him. Um, he's a horse that me and Lewis have said to keep your eye out in handicaps all season and he's certainly shown that he's taken to novice chasing phenomenally well um, he's had five chase starts four wins and a second so you can't even fault that at all uh, he opened up his novice chasing campaign at Chepstow he, he won that impressively a few, few more runs he was second uh, in like a very, very good uh, Kempton novice chase and still is got very, very good Cheltenham form. Um, and then he went on to Cheltenham where he beat Imperial Aura, who also won at the festival. And this race, there was, there was we were questioning whether the handicapper had got a hold of him after his win last time, but it was clear he hadn't. He kept finding, he's, he, he's absolutely in love with the game, isn't he, at this moment in time? Puts his head down. He rallied superbly with Happy Diva, who is an ultra-consistent type in this sort of race. She'll be competitive in the Mayor's uh, chase next season. Or they could even go for this. It, it'd be up to them. Um, and Harry Whittington's first... Is that Harry Whittington's first Cheltenham Festival winner? I think so. Because Arzal won at Aintree, sure. if I remember rightly. So, grade one. So... I, even though this is a grade three, yeah. Um, but uh, simply the bets has done this superbly well, and congratulations to Harry Whittington's first Cheltenham Festival winner. Yeah, I guess it's the old the old saying of if it if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. <laughs> the bets was a massive duck, a massive the horse who everyone spotted for. Looks like he's well ahead of the handicapper. And yeah, guess what? He was. Uh, again, mate, you said on the day one preview that you'd be thinking about a Ryanair campaign for Imperial Aura next season. Has to be the same for this fella. Yeah, most definitely. Um, it'll be interesting to see how far away this handicap form is to the graded uh, races next season. Uh, if you chuck Imperial Aura in that aspect, you'd have to chuck simply the bets. Um I like the way that they ride simply the bets. They, sit, they set him out almost in the lead, first or second, sort of give him a breeze and then get him going late on. Um, coming around the bend, he was niggled along. He wasn't given everything. Uh, and he just just slightly gives enough. And then when another horse comes to him, Gavin Sheen gives it everything and he's off again. And, and Gavin Sheen's best ride, even though we've been positive 
about him in, in other races on St. Calvados. But this was an inch-perfect ride. He knows that horse inside out. And well done to Connection. Yeah, we'll say that. Happy Diva. I mean, in with, with hindsight, we're surely overpriced at 20 to 1. But, yeah. you, you, you know, well done to anyone who spotted that. Uh, loves, absolutely loves a place. Similar with Mr. Whitaker as well. Another really good effort at the festival from him. And Old Grangewood, uh, who's had a really, really good year for the Skeletons. Two good wins at Newbury. And then here on New Year's Day, and he's also finished placed in a festival handicap. The only other thing to touch on in this race, Jim, well, I guess two. I've uh, got one. I wonder if if we've got the same one. Is it Sir Adelac? No. Well, I'll start with that then. How far away would he have been? I don't think he would have been too far away. Um, won. No. I think he would have been second. I don't think he'd have won. Um, I, I hope he's all, I haven't heard out about him to be honest I hope he's all alright um, he was running an absolute superb race he jumped very very well up to that point fired into everything and he's, he's run very very well and Lewis who's your other horse that caught your eye in this race uh, there wasn't one particular I, I, don't, I thought Labago was the Bagoa was interesting. And Live, Love, Laugh. This ran with another eye towards Aintree. Didn't jump very well. Um, got chopped and changed a lot of the time. Somehow ended up not too far away coming around the home for Bend and then uh, coming around the Bend for home and, and was soon outpaced. I think Live Love Laugh was a massive eye catcher in this, and I still think there's a bit of juice in that mark of one four four, and it would have been interesting to see if they'd have gone to the national, if he'd have run, if he'd have run as well. He wasn't in the gym, and he, was he not? He quite clearly didn't stay last season, but what he would have been uh, a big fancy for me and would have been a topham, yeah. given how they took to the national fences last year. Yeah, he Very ran. Dumb. He was a. He, he ran. He last... about the national. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't in it. But uh, I, I agree with that. <laughs> we, 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 we said that about him almost every time he's ran. Though he's a bit like a chasing relegated now. But I yeah. do. Think that there is a tidy enough race in Live Love Laugh. Enough uh, things went wrong in this race for positive next time or whenever he runs. We'll move away from the. Mild May of Fleet. I, I, I like saying that. I know it's I know it's the proper name, but I do think it's a, a quite a nice proper name. And I I've, I've just got used to it being the Brown and Brown's Advisory Marable Plate. Sound that I think that sounds nice. That sounds. I don't, know what, that, I don't know what it means, though, Jim. What Brown's is a Brown Advisory? What is a Brown Advisory? Should we Google it? No, I don't care. We move on to the Dawn's Run Novice, the Dawn Run Novice Hurdle. Uh, shock horror, Willie Mullins won it. Shock horror, Willie Mullins won it with the one of his that I couldn't have. Uh, <laughs> Constantista breaking a maiden at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, she's absolutely bolted up as well for Daryl Jacob, uh, beating stable companion Doll Cheetah. Big performance for the North in third rain as well. 100-1 to 1 for Phil Kirby and Tommy Dowson. 
Yorkshire, Yorkshire, well done to them. And Willie Mullins had the fourth and fifth. What a surprise. Uh, Jim, you don't like this race, but Concertista was one of the most impressive winners of the week. <laughs> you don't like this race, so you, you're now going to have to talk about it for five minutes, about how good Concertista was. No, don't uh, talk about it, Jim. Don't talk about it for five minutes. No one cares about this race. You have to talk about it for five minutes. Mm. But she was very impressive. Yeah, she won by far. Um, it, it's... I... What did... I can't even remember this race. That's how memorable it was. Uh, um, I jumped on the Rachel Blackmore Henry de Bromhead train of honeysuckle colours with Manella Melody who obviously had a clear chance however that thing fell apart um, yeah Concertista hadn't shown an awful lot in my opinion since running in this race last year and outrunning her odds of uh, 60-60s well she's come here and They've gone a fair clip, I think, and the race has sort of fallen apart and she's absolutely blitzed home and beat an average look of... average bunch of uh, mares. So, other than that, well done, Daryl Jacob, for a Cheltenham Festival winner. It was impressive, but I can question the form and please get rid of this race. I, I want a three-day festival. I've come to this conclusion. No, Fordyce Festival is perfect as it is, but this is the race that should go if they did one. It's not going to. It's not going to admit that they're wrong. But there is no need for this race. Even though, Jim, it must be an immensely, must have immense strength and depth considering that the horse who finished ninth in last year's renewal went on to win the champion hurdle, Jim, so it must be pretty decent. Nah. <laughs> nah. nah. Move on. No one cares about the mayor's novice hurdle. No, do you know what? The, the I, I think there are a couple of interesting things to discuss from this. And I do think this was one of the better renewals of it because Floressa had shown really good form in Britain for a novice. You know, there were some good... You know, Colreavy was a pretty close enough to top class Mare in bumpers last season. Yukon Lil was a good bumper horse. Manella Melody, who was one of my naps of the week. I think I napped her, in fact, for the Tuesday. Ran no sort of race. Never looked likely to win. But I think this was a better-than-average renewal. Uh, I just think this is a this is a horse who has ran to her absolute optimum on the day. She was second in the race last year, and... Is probably going to be similar enough to Weglantine to saw in terms of it'll be good handicaps rather than graded races for her next year. Bang on. As we move on then to the final race of the Thursday, and it is the Kim Muir, won by Milan native for Jigginstown, uh, Rob James in the saddle. Did this really well as well from Kilfillan Cross, second again, Bob Marlow. Tracking season he's had for Warren Greatrex. Plan of Attack and Disha Abba, the two, both myself and Jim were keen on. Fourth and fifth, so a little bit of place money there. Uh, first of all, Jim, do you think this is the last ever renewal of the Kim Muir? Um, No. I don't think it is. I think they'll get rid of the National Hunt Chase. And if I'm being honest, I, I won't be that fussed either. You're more of a traditionally comparison to me. 
but I think they'll keep this race. Um, no, I'm, uh, I, I would disagree with that, Jim. I'm I'm hugely anti-tradition. I think tradition is bollocks. <laughs> That's it's my title. Because, That's the title of this podcast sorted. <laughs> because tradition gets in the way of logic. If, if 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 your argument against doing something is well, we've always done it that way, it it makes life and time stand still. You know, people used to shit in buckets. <laughs> that was traditional. You understand what I mean? The reason I like the National Hunt Chase is because it is a unique race in its calendar. It is the premier marathon novice chase. There is no other race like it. The Kim Muir, there's the Grimthorpe the week before. There's the Leinster National the weekend after. You know, there's another three-mile novice uh, There's another three-mile handicap chase at the Cheltenham Festival. You aren't spoilt for choice in terms of long-distance novice chasers. You are spoilt for choice in terms of not to one four five handicaps. Saying that, just get rid of the mayor's novice or the Fred Winter. (laughs) (laughs) I quite like the Fred Winter. I've got a soft spot for a juvenile hurdle of chaos. <laughs> of chaos, yeah. But we'll talk about the winner here, and I guess... The form was there. The form yeah, was there for Milan Native, and, and Gordon Elliott was awfully bullish about him at the Betfair preview night. He he said he's got a very, very good chance, and everyone sort of ignored him, really. Um, first of all, my main point is, Rob James is an absolute steal for seven pounds he's had loads of points but he's had over 300 winners on the point to point scene so he's nothing like a non-professional in this outfit he, he rode the race phenomenally well he's a very very good jockey and he'll be stealing claims from this race in years to come um but milan native finished second to spyglass hill last time out spyglass hill looked like running a he could have beaten carefully selected last time out before falling so the collateral fall lines there Carefully selected did disappoint at Cheltenham, but that that was a a very good performance. I I think Milan Native's victory here was impressive, and you can mark him up a bit. Um, You could say he's become a bit frustrating for punters, second, second, fourth, ninth, but but from it, he's he's running decent enough races. He's running beginners. Chases against Castleborn West, who's not exactly bad, and off a mark of one for one here, he was, in hindsight, it's a beautiful thing, but he was fairly well handicapped, and especially with seven pound taking off, and he's won very impressively. Um, I don't know what I can't, I don't have a list of what the handicappers have put him up, but you'll be probably seeing him in a uh, Irish national in future years to come, in my opinion. I'd say a normal national. That was his first go over three miles. Saw it out really well. Uh, it's Gordon Elliott and Jiggins Town. I reckon this will, horse, this will be a horse running in the Grand National next season. Grand National. Is this the Champagne Classic for next season? No, Champagne Classic wins it next season, but Milan Native. Milan Native second. <laughs> it's not going to take Jiggins Town much persuading to have multiple runners in the Grand National gym. It's not like they've ever absolutely flooded the race before. No, they don't tend to like to run them against each other in that sort of race, do they? No, switch, switchy. <laughs> they are. Kill Philham Cross, second in the race, once more for uh, Henry Oliver. Uh, he's, he's ran another decent enough race in it. Anything else 
you want to mention, Jim? Might as well mention the two that we tipped. Um, plan of attack travelled very well into the race. Stayed on, but just was slightly one-paced. Dee's Abba got caught in a bit midway through and couldn't exactly get in a in a rhythm. Um, but he's run better. And Fitzhenry was the other one I took out of the race who ran well. Um, I think them three will all be winning races next season. Plan of attack, I think he's better at an easier free. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It didn't. Ex- he's the strongest stayer at the trip. No, I don't. Um, he just looked a bit weary later. But yeah, I'd agree with that. Nice races in them. What was your highlight of the first day, Jimbo? Probably that first race. Although I've been quick to slag Sam Croft, that was a tremendous race to watch. And as a racing fan, I had the most enjoyment out of that race. Even though I did back simply the bets to win. Um, that that was the most enjoyment of, on the day. Do you know Do you know what Sam Crow's sister's called you? Go on. Sam Crow's sister. Brave. The worst name. The worst named horse in training. God, I hate Sam Crow more now. <laughs> it's not his fault. It's not like Bob Geldof. <laughs> Peaches. And that's my other point, right? Celebrities who name the kids horrendous names. Chris Martin, singer of Coldplay, his daughter is called Apple. God, Apple. What? what what's the? Why do that to your child? That's horrendous. There's, oh. lo- there's loads of bad ones. Nicholas Cage's is called Cal L, which is the real name of Superman. And oh, I don't know none of that comic book nonsense. Comic book nonsense. I'm the same. You know what? I tried watching because of this quarantine. A lot of my friends like Marvel, yeah, and I've never seen any of them. I don't think I've seen more than fifty films in my life. <laughs> same. I'm exactly the same, and everyone questions me. <laughs> but they, they they talk about Marvel, so I thought, right, I'll try I'll try watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I got twenty minutes through Iron Man. <laughs> I've watched Iron Man. I've watched all them. Um, what have I watched? I've watched on Netflix The Tiger King. I'd strongly advise anyone, anyone to watch that. That is phenomenal. Um, if you want a good laugh, watch that. Although it is quite serious in some cases if you're uh, a massive fan of tigers. But um, that that's a good watch. It, stories. And what else have I watched? I've, I've done some proper binge watching. Um, the I English think- Game. The English game on Netflix. That I enjoyed that, although most of it, um, one of my good friends, Urban, has told me it's very inaccurate. Um, it says he plays for Blackburn Rovers. He didn't. He played for Blackburn Olympic. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a list of things you can question about it, um, but I'd strongly watch it. Not very good. Good story. Yeah, I've watched. I've finished watching Deadwood this week, which is my favourite, which is my probably my all-time favourite show. I went, I did it on me sen, and then I made my mother watch it with me as well. Deadwood. So, I, I need something else to watch. So if anyone has got any suggestions, please send me them on Twitter because I'm I'm running out of things. I've got Netflix, I've got Amazon Prime, I've got Sky, I've got everything. So just just tell me what to watch, and I'll probably watch it because I watch anything. <laughs> Racing stripes, Jim. I've watched that film twice with my good friend Ross and it is the worst film I have possibly ever watched. 
might be the closest thing we get to a Kentucky Derby this year, mate. So I'll, I'll just put that on the back burner. If no one's seen Racing Stripes, it's a brilliant story. And it's about definitely 99. Ha- it's about 40p from CEX if you want to buy it. Ha! CEX, Jesus Christ. I hope they're coping with coronavirus. They'll be doing all, all bat malarkey, won't they? Mm, the monster. On. Sorry, sorry. I'll move on. As we move on to the uh, the Friday at the Cheltenham Festival uh, and the Triumph Hurdle, where we saw the most impressive performance of the week <laughs> until we didn't, Jim. Oh, no, Goshen. 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 Tripping up in his head. I was entirely wrong. Well, 99% of me was entirely wrong. It was a, it was out of the three at the top of the market. It was the one I liked the least. The reason I liked him the least was because of his jumping. But mate, I did not want that to happen. Uh, we've not mentioned the name of the winner, Burning Victory, who, in 50 years' time, is going to be a lovely answer to a horse racing trivia question. <laughs> everyone, everyone, trivia knowledge out there was all. When they saw Burning Victory win, oh dear. Yeah, who won? Who won the famous race where Goshen fell over at the last? That's the only. That's. I mean, that's what I'm taking away. That Burning Victory has established herself as a good answer to a quiz question. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to know that Goshen as well, the uh, Curry House just down the road from me, is still open during the coronavirus and is available for takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, please get one. <laughs> That's going to be actual. That, that could be actual content for us in this trying times. If you get a selection of curry from Goshen Spice and almost review them, <laughs> we'll see how insane we go. I'm, I, the joy in my house is having an ex Michelin star chef cook for you every night, which is the, arguably the highlight of my night. So um, that that is to have many takeaways because he is phenomenally good chef so I'll, I'll review in a couple of days time when I'm sick of eating his cooking ha. we might put that one on the back burner if there's still no racing in June that's <laughs> what we might be scraping the barrel in terms of Goshen Spice Cuddy reviews uh, I mean if it was a curry gym this would a this was going to be a Actually, it was definitely a Vindaloo performance, wasn't it, Jim? Most, most, most definitely. And because it, went, want... it, was, it was hot for a long way, but in the end, it got very, very messy. <laughs> oh, dear. But can I just put... I can't get over that Vindaloo analogy. Um, I was right about this race. I didn't fancy the top four in the market. Did the top four? Did any of the top four win? No, they did not. Nobody tips the cycle and he didn't win either. This is a moral victory. This is a moral victory for me of a week. That didn't um, I, I was just stood there in absolute shock. I thought, Christ, Goshen. And I was with three three of my mates who know a little bit about racing. They know a bit, but not an awful lot. And they were like, well, he would have got beat anyway. And, and I said to him, no, he would not. He would never have got beat. Even if he, Jamie Moore had managed to had made a mistake and even though he didn't make a mistake the horse did and, and it was pure accident that his back left heel got clipped to his front if Jamie Moore had 
if the horse had made a mistake and he managed to stay in the saddle, he still would have won. Um, but burning victories passed them late on. All mankind and Goshen went off. Now, a lot of people said they went off too too quick, like with three furlong to go, four furlong to go. But I, I think they needed to go that extra quick pace. I don't think they went as quick as expected early on. They didn't cut the throats either early on. Um, Aspire Tower was ridden more prominently than I was expecting. Maybe they were scared of not getting as close to all mankind and Goshen as they were wanting to. Um, but absolutely devastating for the connections of Goshen. Um, if it almost sort of that wasn't the ideal way to start Gold Cup Day. It sort of added to it overall with the whole of the day, as in the fact that it had the ups, the downs and everything like that. But I'd have quite liked to have just seen Goshen hold up, if I was being honest. Yeah, we all even, did. As racing even, fans. Yeah, even though I've been quick to slag his jumping off this season and I thought he's he's up there with Ahmad and uh, of, of the Gary Moore fruitcakes. I saw. I just wanted to see him win. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was just controlled, sustained aggression, and it was a brilliant ride from Jamie Moore. And again, sh- hindsight's a wonderful thing. Hindsight's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Nine times out of ten, the exact same thing happens at the last, and Goshen gets over it, sound and wins. And that's how it is. And he's got to be, mate up there in terms of champion hurdle prospect for next season certainly as good a juvenile we've seen mm. since our mm. no 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 um, he's second fav in the betting only epitons ahead of him I would not be as confident on him in in champion open grady company next season and why not don't get me wrong he was very very impressive but I wouldn't be flying in for is the six to one about him. Um, I I personally and, and there's no stats or anything, general opinion don't like um, juveniles going into graded company next season. I, I have a big worry about them. Well, um, there are stats. Five year olds do have a poor record in the champion hurdle. That is they, that is a stat that you've not made up. That does exist. Thank God you're on hand to help me here. Um, I still question. However, Jim, can can I can I just put the put the point to you before you finish off? Go on. Are as many four-year-olds as good as Goshen? Hmm. Now, was he good, or have we been lured into a sense of the juvenile division being very very strong this year? No, it was a strong juvenile division. Goshen was mid-80s on the flat right and improving. And improving. Aspire Tower was mid-80s on the flat. All Mankind was, what, 90 on the flat? Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good horse over hurdle. But we have back form there to suggest that horses like Aspire Tower and All Mankind are of above average ability. Maybe not, you know. I'm not. I'm not saying they're Grade One hurdles, but we've actually got something to work from, something more to work with, rather than you know your random 
French types coming over. You know what I mean? Whereas we actually have back form from this country where we can put an, a decent market on an, or an estimate on what sort of horses Goshen is beating. What sort of horses have been leading the uh, the juvenile division this season are all ones who, in terms of flat form, were perfectly entitled to be leading it. The right ones were there. Right. I, you know, I get your point. Your point. But I wouldn't. I'd. I'd. I'd like to see him do it first. I know that he he has the potential to do it, but I want to see him actually do it first. Is that a better way of putting it? Uh. Yeah. Look, everyone wants to, though, don't they? But that's 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 the sport of racing. Is that not all the information is always going to be available to us, especially with a horse coming out of of a novice division into an open one. Yeah. I I I agree that six to one I think he's quite short, but I think he was going to put in the most spectacular performance of the week. Yeah. He was it was going to be the most destructive performance of the week and one that will live in the memory for people forever. And anyone who decides to slag Jamie Moore off for him asking him up at the last tested because if he was two lengths behind all mankind for example and asked for that no one had questioned it but because he but because he was so far in front he, he sort of he's a horse that needs to be told what to do before he jumps it's not that he's stupid he, he just thinks he's better than what he is he's a, no I don't I disagree with that again mate I've he was asked for a big one at the last. Uh, did it quite happen, but he'd actually jumped better for the vast majority of that race than I felt he had done all season before. Yeah, he had most definitely. And there was question about question marks about him jumping left-handed, but I I, I didn't see any question marks with that. Yeah, I I I think you're being overly I, harsh yeah, on him. Maybe I'm being more harsh than what what I was. That, than what it should be because he he has got massive potential over the season and I could completely switch around after seeing him trounce Bouvardere in the fighting fifth but um, but I sort of want to see it happen first and I, I do I do think he'll have a massive chance if he turns up in the e-ball and anyone that has uh, wants to play a bit of anti-post money if the e-ball goes ahead hopefully it does um, I'd start backing him now for that race. I wonder if there's any prices about it. Give me five minutes. While you're having a look at Ebor prices, Jim, just quick touching then. The winner, uh, nice prospect. If she's winning a race at next season's festival, you'd assume it'll be a handicap or the mares. Uh, you'd say the mares, wouldn't you? Um the pace meltdown played to a eight suited, didn't it? It, yeah. it, it? it was the right to pick up the pieces, and in in in, ter- in rather than just picking a piece up, Paul Townend's actually picked the entire thing up. Yeah, um, he's he's still travelling well going around the bend. He is a long way off, course, you know. So and I'm, she, I've said it again. I said this on the preview as well. Um, she's still on the bridle. I think she would have finished. Well, I, I know this is a stupid thing, but if Goshen 
going around the bend, I thought Bernie Victory was certain for place money. Travelling the best of all the ones in travelling, uh, travelling the best of all the ones up there. And I know that sounds like an obvious statement, but I think that she's good, but be interesting to see whether what the next step is with her. Um, I I think that you might as well see how good she is in running mares hurdles next season against the likes of Benny and Honeysuckle and see see what's going on. Yeah, that would be the route I take. I think all mankind emerged with great credit from that racing third as well, uh, going from the front, and he didn't he didn't fold as tamely as some may have expected. Kept on at a one pace uh, to finish place money, and I wouldn't give up on Solo either, who didn't run his race uh, today. But I think his Kempton form suggests he's better than that, and will be a nice prospect in time. I think he will be at his best over a fence. So maybe not quite for another two or three years, but don't discount him. Uh, I, I don't think he gave his true running. I've As got we... the price of Goshen. I've got the price of Goshen for this E-bar. 12 to 1. 12 to 1 for the E-bar? That's an outstanding price. With Skybet, um, Hamish, he's 20s. Um, but Goshen at 12s is of massive interest. <laughs> We might be playing that a bit later on in the day. Watson backing flat handicaps five months before the happening. <laughs> That's what we like on the podcast as we move on to the Randox Health County Hurdle. Oh, I backed two horses in this race, Jim. Narrowed the field. Narrowed the field of 24. Down to only two. Go on. I backed one at 14 to one. I backed one at 20 to one. They came home ahead of everything else. Ahead between each other. I'd done brilliantly. Unfortunately, <laughs> that bastard McManus had a plot job. Miles <laughs> ahead of me. <laughs> so Aramon and Embittered were only second and third. Damn you, McManus. Uh, Satwa the best handicapped horse of the week uh, and the obvious graded horse in a handicap bolted up here. The money came the night before. I remember I, 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 uh, I met a lass in, in hotel bar a, on a Thursday night and I was I half paying attention to her, half on my phone trying to sort out who, who I was backing where. And when I, when I left the race course, Cheltenham, I swear down Satwa was about 16s. Oh, I, I'm 100% sure as well. I, I, we were sat in the car on the car park on the way home, and my mate, you know, at the end of Cheltenham, when you get them racing post things of the runners and riders for tomorrow, he got one of them. Aye. And we were sat in the car, and he was going, all right, I'm going to pick the winner of every race. And he, he went solo. Sant Wa, and then he looked on his phone to see what price they were, and he was 14 to. I'm 100% sure there was 14 to 1 about him. Yeah, in the space when I was, by the time I was in, back in hotel. And by the time I drove back half an hour, 40 minutes, the it, it, price was gone. It was, exactly. It, 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 it was about it, 4 to 1. It was, it was an astounding gamble on Thursday, Thursday evening for the horse, and really that should have told us everything. Uh, he's done it really well, mate. And I guess, I guess, if 
Punchestown or Aintree existed, they'd have to have had, had a crack at a grade one novice hurdle with him. Yeah. Um, did you hear the interview with Mullins afterwards on Racing TV? Uh, he said, I think that English handicapper uh, didn't know that we had a few pounds up our sleeve. A few pounds? few pounds? He had about 20 in hand. Um, I backed Aramon in the end. Aramon and Moon over Germany were my two for this race. Second and six, you had third and fourth. So Second we, and third. Oh, second and third. You can you can sort of say that we've had a moral victory here, haven't we? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, here I, on first block, we play the game as it <laughs> should be played. We, we campaign we are, horses. We are true slot. gentlemen about this spot. Yes. Uh, and it's we do not pick up exactly what we have. None of this school duggery of actually fighting <laughs> races. Um, and was shown that he's well ahead of his mark, and he'd be very interesting no matter where he goes next time. Did the handicapper finish finish up with him? Did he raise him a lot? Was it twelve or thirteen? Let me have a check, pal. Um. I've got a rating here of 149, so he's gone up 12 uh, 12 there for that, which is understandable. And you have to sort of, with a rating like that, you've sort of got to be aiming for novice hurdles now. Uh, if if punches down does go ahead, you could see him being competitive in, in something like a grade one, two-mile novice hurdle. Um, 149 would have discounted him of running in the Galway. Oh, now we all know that JP loves a Galway. Is there any betting for Galway? <laughs> That's an interesting point you've just made. I yeah. don't know, mate. I'd, I'd be surprised if there was betting for the Galway hurdle at this point. No, they're not. They're not. Um, but if he if he would, if JP fancies it, um, give us a ring or DM Turf Talk, Mr. JP, and we can arrange it. Uh, <laughs> Aramon's run very, very well. Just briefly outpaced, I thought, Aramon. They were just speeding up a bit. Even though he was ridden from the back and he, he came close, he just looked a bit like he needed a slight bit further. Um, but he soon motored... Because Bill up Buttercup has travelled like a dream throughout this, uh, the Mullin Stable Companion. Um, and Aramon's just plugged on stronger than than the others. And, and that's what builds me up Buttercup does. And Moon over Germany's run well. He just faded late on, I thought. Um, team getting back over chasing, chasing over two miles, and, it, and it'll be dangerous. An interesting race. We all love a good plot job, but it's a shame when you're not on it. That, that's all I can say. Yeah, well done to to JP and Willie Mullins and Barry Garrett. Absolutely brilliant weeks for the three of them, and Paul Townend, to be fair, and Gordon Elliott, and pretty much everyone, everyone who you could have predicted was going to have a good week. Well done to week. everyone apart from me. There you go. Yeah, and Colin Tizard. I I almost made the joke to him when I talked about reserve tanks, but I thought no, I didn't. I didn't want him to start kicking you early doors. But think about the season, the season ending in March, but Colin Tizard's ended in February. All right, move on. No one cares. Albert <laughs> Bartlett. Albert Bartlett. Get in there, monkfish. Sometimes just got to go with your gut. Just went with the gut. Just thought this horse looked a bit special. 
and he's proven it. it was a cracking finish as well. Again, I think another really good renewal of the Spud race. The last two years, I've come away from it thinking some serious horses in in boat in it, and he's got up to beat latest exhibition Fury Road uh, in one of the best finishes of the week. Time Hill, an unlucky loser back in fourth. Uh, Jim, this horse surely is going to be a really nice chaser next season. 100% sure. He's an absolutely outstanding looking animal. If you needed to build a staying chaser, he'd have all the qualities for it. He's a giant. He's beautiful to look at. He's tall, he's strong. He, he walks around the parade ring as if he knows, yes, I am. I am Monkfish. Look at me. Um, which is odd because Monkfish, coming from a cooking background, is an ugly looking fish. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> It's the, it's the complete juxtaposition of what he's called. So I, I have questions, Rich Richie, about him. I, if you if you had to call him, so call him a turbot or something like that. Call him a different fish. What you've called is him, that, monkfish. What, you would describe, what is the sexiest fish, Mr. Watson? I'd say a turbot's fairly sexy. Um, I, I, I'd, put, I'd probably chuck a sea bass in there, but that sea bass would be more of a hurdler. Whereas sea bass were running in the national, I'd have sea bass as a hurdler, two mile hurdler. Um, we could have this Watson's analogies of fish as horses. Um, Hake, two mile four chaser. <laughs> salmon, two mile chaser. Jump, jumps very well. Jumps very well. Two mile chaser, speedy, boom, over the top. Um, tuna, uh, seven furlong flat. Um, right, that's enough of this. This has got ridiculous. Well, you've got Harding Great White Shark as well. Great I White Shark. Might be a, quite a decent two and a half mile handicap hurdler. I tell you what, I'd rather. I, I wouldn't want to be monkfish in front with Great White Shark breathing behind you. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's only there's only one winner there. Um, back to this race. It was just one of them weeks for me <laughs> where you think. I've got a really, really good, strong chance on my anti-post bets. I'm thinking, I'm right in there. And it's almost as if racing just goes, no, not today. You're not having any of this. And my 16 <laughs> to 1 of latest exhibition was, oh, I was I was just stood there in shock thinking, come on, latest exhibition. Give me something to shout about on this beautiful Friday. Uh, and he's run his heart out. Just beaten by a more unexposed, bigger more imposing type. Um, more things went wrong for Monkfish than they did for latest exhibition. So you can mark Monkfish up for that. He was very, very impressive. Uh, we said that Fury Road was going to run better than what he did last time at Dublin Racing Festival. He certainly did that. And Time Hill chopped and changed around. Um, the front three Irish jockeys were not having any of Richard Johnson's business. Um, and they completely shut him out, and he did well to get back on an even keel and rally, but he just didn't, he'd, he'd lost too much ground to even make up with the front three. Um, I think the front four home will all be very good chases next season, and I'm looking forward to seeing them in the RSA to a similar sort of result. I think Time Hill will stay over hurdles. Did you hear the interview with Philip Hobbs on Sky Sports Racing? No. And he's, you asking me that makes me think that I'm entirely wrong. He's been jumping very well over fences at home. 
just that just that statement. That's all I've got to bring you. Um, which makes me think that they're planning to go in, stay in chasing next season. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it'd be nice for a good novice to stay over hurdles, though. It would be nice for one like Time Hill, because he'd be bang there amongst the leading staying novices. Monkfish wins the RSA next year, Jim, by the way. I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I love Monkfish. I've come to this conclusion. He's just a pretty, pretty horse. And for that, I like him. Um, and... God, it gets me excited for him running in a staying chase next season. I want to see him jump. Um, latest exhibition doesn't exactly shout out to me as as much as a chaser. No. Although That's... although they, they, they have said that he's always got scope to go chasing. I'd quite like to see him stay over three miles, stay in hurdles. I, I think he'd be more competitive in that next season. Yeah, but, I'd, I'd, I'd worry about Fury Road improving past him over fences. Yeah, but why not give it a try? Because we've seen Liz Nagar Oscar fail at two novice chases this season and then go on and win a stayers hurdle. So why not give latest exhibition two goals over fences? And if he doesn't win any of them, he'll win the stayers hurdle. And the other horse again, I, I like I mentioned him in the podcast earlier. When we see House Island in a handicap, just keep him in mind because he's from an unsexy yard in Paul Weber, but he's ran all right here. Led, led for a long way, just was tapped for probably a little bit of stamina and a little bit of actual talent. He's got an official rating of 142. Next time we see him out next season, he raced like the Chepstow Silver Trophy right at the start of the season over two and a half miles. Bang up his street. He's better yeah. than a 142 horse. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the Tizard duo ran appalling. Uh, but let's just move on. But what a good race this was. The first four were very, very impressive in their performances. They were the four best horses in the race. And what a finish it provided. And can't, I, I want to see him run again. I've watched his race. I'd say the Albert Bartlett, although I was a neck away from winning something, was the most enjoyable race I've watched so far. And that's coming from someone who's about to absolutely go mental about the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree that absolutely banging race. Uh, the Spud race was this season. As we move on to the highlight of the week on paper, and well, it absolutely provided the dinner. What a cracking old cup! An album photo becoming the first horse since best mate to gain back to back victories in the biggest race that our sport has on offer, finishing a neck. A diminishing neck as well, ahead of Santini. Lots to discuss there. Lost in translation. Your boy, Jim, running with so much credit in third. Monolee, Delta Work, Real Steel. Ken Boy, then Clandes Bowl, Bristol Demai, Chris's Dream, Elegant Escape, presenting Percy Kane down. Uh, when maybe not quite done with either. Turning for home, Jim, almost everything had a chance. Yeah, uh, it, it did. Um, at one stage, I thought, "Christ, real steel's travelling with a bit of venom here." I'm a bit. Of, that was that was my main worry. Um, but Alboom Photo, what an absolute superstar he is! He's. I completely disagreed with what Lee Mottershead said on Look on Sunday, saying he's not a likable horse because he doesn't run as often. Um, I I like him because he doesn't run very often. It wouldn't be like the racing post to stay stuff for a reaction, would it? 
<laughs> we're not touching the racing post sec- section of this. Um, but what a horse he's been. Uh, he quite clearly had his jumping quirks in his novice chasing career. They've soon been ironed out. And what a ride, Paul Townend give our boom. Complete, Complete skill and passion, perfection. Oh, I, I thought the ride, this, this was the ride of the week, in my opinion. Um, because the pressure that you must be on, you are the one that you've got to aim at in the Gold Cup to beat. You won this race last year. You've you've come through Furler's Grade Three winning round. They're not even really fences, are they? They're like barrels. They're not that big. Um, and you are the horse that the field has got to beat. And he's got the job done in the end. I thought he was going to stretch away a bit further. But the the thorn in my side for the most of my life, Santini, was plugging on late on. He's run better than I was expecting. However, he still didn't win, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and lost in translation. What a performance he's put in here. What a boy he is. Jumped um, well, travelled very well. And for a very, very brief second, jumping the second last, I thought, oh my Christ, we're, we're in for a cracking run here and and that's not saying that he didn't run well because he finished third i thought we were going to be hitting hitting the the goal here with first but lost in translations ran an absolute supreme race um the tizard horses have not run well at all that's the best of any of them run and he's tried everything he could and do i think he stayed the distance yes do I think he was outstayed by Santini? Yes. Um, would you go for this race next year with him? Obviously. Um, but, God, this was an exciting race. So I, I've been to most of the biggish meetings barring Royal Ascot um, now. And I am only 21. But this race, the atmosphere of any race I've ever been to, and that was my first Cheltenham Gold Cup, well, it, it was fascinating, and the race absolutely delivered. There are a couple of questions, Jim, that I'm going to put to you in terms of how do we analyse this race. First of all, number one, is Album Photo the best three-mile chaser in Britain and Ireland? Three-mile chase? Or what? And with what conditions? Just in general, pal, as in... Do you think Optimum Album Photo is the best three-mile chaser around? We know yes. he's the best old cup horse, but... Yes, yes, I do. I do. If, 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 if you were to run... I guess if you were to run it as a sort of... I hate Formula One, but they have it as a sort of like Grand Prix series. So imagine if you, you took all this lot and you stuck them all in at Down Royal, at Kempton, at Leopardstown... Cheltenham, Aintree, and then at Punchestown, would Album Photo end up with the most points? I think he would win it. Whether he'd win at Down Royal is a different question. I think he'd win at Kempton. I think he'd win at Punchestown. I think he'd win here. Yeah, I think I think he would. Um, I, I think forgot he Haydock. Yeah. Uh, well, he won't win at Haydock because boxing translation would spank him. <laughs> 
because that 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 race is now being changed from the Bristol to my Betfair Chase to the Lost in Translation Betfair Chase because he's going to win that race for the next three years. <laughs> so that's a, I am not as certain. I think this is the one race of the year that plays to his strengths most. So who do you think is the best horse in this race? Then, if he was, if they were all to run against each other in that style. Do you know? Oh, I think more. I think more. I think actually most of the races would be won by Delta Work. Ooh. Not most of them, but I think I could see Delta Work winning more than any other horse. Well, that that shocked me. wasn't expecting that. But the races that don't suit Delta Work, I think he'd be further away from winning than a horse like Lost in Translation. Who? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't particularly think Lost in Translation, well, he's proven he's not as well suited to a Gold Cup as Album Photo is. Mm, I, but the, I didn't the, expect that. The differential between a race that suits Delta Work and a race that suits Delta Work is bigger than a race that suits Lost and a race that doesn't suit Lost. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I get you. That, that's uh, That's not how I've looked at it. Maybe I underappreciate Delta work more than I should do. Do you know what? He, he was coming forward at the finish, which is something I wasn't expecting. I thought I thought stamina would be the thing to catch him out, but he, he never really got himself into a position to ever win the race. Number two, Jim. Uh, question number two. The pace of the race, do you subscribe to the view that Santini wins with a quicker pace or the Declan Ricks argument that a quicker pace sees Santini even further behind Album Photo because he he doesn't have the early speed to skirmish early doors No I don't think it would have mattered how the race would have run I think he would have been tactically found out anyway So is this is this Santini running to his peak? Yes I think it is I, th- I think the race went. I think people were quick to say that Santini, the race didn't suit Santini. However, I think it did. Um, I think the fact that they sprinted and then tired late on almost sort of set it up for him to be close finishing more than what he was. I think if they'd gone an end to end gallop, he still would have been found out for a bit, bit of speed. Um, I, I know that that would have enhanced the stamina credentials, but I still think he would have been slightly more outpaced because they were going so quick. You've been quick to slag him off again this year, but surely after this performance, mate, he's got to now be in the in the good books. Well, don't get me wrong, this was a very good performance. However, I, I, he wouldn't be in my good books straight away. I'd still be looking to oppose him no matter what, or depending on the qualities of the race and what style of race it was. I think you're being harsh there, mate. I don't think it takes much for him to get up here. No. I think I, and I, I backed album photo eventually, but I, I, I do think that you could, the, the the variables that need changing to see Santini win this race are very, very slim. Mm. Very, very few. And that he's a as viable a contender to win this next season as album photo is. 
Mm, interesting. I, I, I can't wait to chuck the first five in this race that were in it in here and then chuck the three from the RSA in and you've got a right race on your hand, don't you? And top of the game, who on I top. almost backed on the way back from Cheltenham at 22-1 to win the Gold Cup next season. What pra- I, I'd be interested in him. Has anyone got a double of him to win the Hennessy and the Gold Cup? Because because he's got top of the game going for the Labrooks Trophy. And I quite like to chuck lost in translation. I I had money on him for that race last season and he didn't turn up, but we still got something back for the Betfair chase. But I'd quite like to see... God, that could be a really, really good race, that Labrooks Trophy. Top of the game's favourite. Um, champs 14s, Lou, if that tickles your fancy. I'm not, I'm not backing horses for a handicap in November or early December in March. Not not quite my style, that, Jim. Uh, you'll sign me off for Fence City now, won't you, for not having an opinion on a race? Oh, yes. Handicap. Santini's 25. Santini's 25. Now, that would interest me. Won't run. Surely, if they were going to run him, they'd run him, they'd have run him this season where where he was on a... a but he'll be he'll be carrying almost Denman-esque weight. Alaho is a, is fourteen to one for this race with Champ. Then Copperhead is there as well. Imperial Aura is it the same price as Champ. Oh. I don't say this very often because it is one of my favourite races of the year. But can we please stop talking about the Hennessy? <laughs> no problem. And get back to the Gold Cup. Uh, my final query to you, Jim is to what degree do you take the runs of Monoly and Real Steel, literally? I, I don't know. I, I, I've had question marks about Monoly over three miles, but he's ran his heart out here, and he's run twice over three miles very, very well. Um, and His last two efforts have both been career bests, even most, though he's not won either of them. Most definitely. Um, finishing ahead behind... Delta work in the Christmas chase, Savile's chase, whatever it's called, was was what I thought was going to be his peak for this season. But finishing fourth in this Gold Cup, he's he's a horse that I didn't even have in my wildest imaginations to be finishing in the first five on. Um, and, and that's nothing against him because I thought he was tuned up for that Savile's chase as much as he could. Um, but he's finished. He's finished. I think I don't. It's not like he's. He's tired towards the end. I thought he stayed on well. Um, and Real Steel, I, I didn't even realise he was running in the race, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, and, and that may come across as a bit unfair. But he was absolutely swingy coming in. I thought, Christ. And I backed him last time out at Gordon over two mile four. Um, I had him in a double. And he really disappointed after beating Footpad at, at Thurlers. Um, but he's... He's not. He's, he just sort of didn't stay, which was sort of understandable looking down his form. The furthest he's runs over two mile five. Uh, he had finished third in the Albert Bartlett in 2018 behind Kilbrick and Storm. That was his only trial on over three miles. But it's not like I didn't think he didn't stay. I, I thought he stayed up to three miles. I don't think he. I just didn't think he stayed the last two furlongs. So. They've both won very good races. And I, I, I think that 
don't underestimate their performances in this race because of the price and because of their previous form. Yeah, would would you definitely pin your colours to a Mona Lee mast now? Would would you pin it to Mona Lee stays three miles? Yeah, I I confidently say Mona Lee stays three miles. I wouldn't say that about Real Steel. No. But Mona Lee definitely. I take the same view. And the final, my final little question on the Gold Cup: uh, Where was Percy going to finish? Fifth or sixth, staying on, plodding on. David Russell said recently, hasn't he, that he hadn't even asked him for anything yet and he was travelling well. Did you see where he took off from? <laughs> Have you seen that picture? No wonder he fell. But David Russell thought, Christ, where are we going from here? Um, I, th- I think he would have been plugging on. I don't think he'd have been near the first four. One day. Presently, per- Percy's going to win the Gold Cup when he's like 12. We'll <laughs> be ourselves going... Of course, it was bound to happen one day. Or he'll win the hunter, he'll win the fox hunters in a couple of years' time with Paddy Mullins on. What a smooth link that is, Mister Watson. <laughs> Into the fox hunter chase, and well, well done to anyone who saw it coming. That fella on Twitter who who put the better part three hundred to one, well deserved. Smash again. Someone else in the in my local pub. Had money on this. He had two pound each way at two hundred to one, because he because his daughter was called, I think she was called Marjorie Sullivan, and Miss M O Sullivan. That was the reason. What you want to say? His daughter was called. It came to pass. <laughs> it's a very strange name for a young lady. That would have uh, been that would have been even better, wouldn't it? It would, as it came to pass. Who did have some decent back form, to be fair. You've got to spot it, though. You've got to spot it. And he was one of the easiest winners of the week, really, coming home ahead of Billaway. Shantou Flyer placed at the festival once again. Uh, so I, I managed to get my each way nap money back. He went off 3-1. to one. I wouldn't have backed him each way out of that, but he shouldn't have been 14s in the week. Uh, we got that. Uh, Don Poli, nowhere near. Uh Jim, this was really impressive. I like the Fox Hunters. Uh, I don't. I can't say I pay as much attention to it as other people. But this this has beat on the fringe. Uh, Bill away previously yeah, as well. Kalani in May. He beat Bill away at Cork in April. Within the past twelve months, they're, 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 Fontana it, in point to points. Yeah, he's done. The, 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 there are things there. That you, I guess you can say, maybe, maybe it made it made sense. Uh, I guess, I guess the caveat is he had been inconsistent and disappointing since. Uh, but great story for Maxine O'Sullivan winning the race at a father. Eugene did as well. See the photos with uh, him holding his doll yeah. with the trophy as a child and then doing the same. Uh, now that she's an adult and a and a Cheltenham Festival winner herself. Absolutely brilliant. One day Patrick Mullins will win the Fox Hunters. Uh, I'm presenting Percy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And David Maxwell and Shantou Flyer. A lot of time for that horse. Uh, Yeah, and he's he's, he's done me proud there in third. Manella Rocco as well. Colwyn fifth. Familiar name. Ran all right and has looked like more of a racehorse this season than he has for the past three years. 
So, well done to them. Is there anything else you want to say on the Fox Hunters, Jim? No, you've summed it up perfectly. It's not a race that captures my imagination as much as many others. Don Slowly, that's the only other mention. Uh, he plodded, plodded around for 11th, looked as slow as usual. But well done to Connection to the winner. And one day, Max, uh, David Maxwell will win this race. I, I beg and hope that he wins this race so much. It means so much to him. And I'd love, I'd just love him to win it. What's going to happen, Jimmy, is because he has so many horses that he buys over from France now, and so many horses he rides himself, is he'll end up having two horses running in the fox hunters. <laughs> oh, imagine, imagine how devastating that would be if he picked the wrong one. Oh, crap. Oh. I, I would say that's almost guaranteed to happen <laughs> in the future. Bless oh. him. We love, we love a bit of Maxwell on this podcast. So as we move on to the grand annual, uh, and an, another novice over fences for the first time at the festival does it really well here. Chosen mate, a lot of money came for him, the Gordon Elliott horse, to be a Claire de Bofu stable companion. Again, another novice, us and them, completing a one, two, three for the Irish and the best of British grenatine in fourth. Uh, Jimmy took him a while to warm up over fences chosen mate he was quite a nice hurdler but the pennies finally dropped and he's done this fairly impressively from another another Gordon Elliott inmate and I think the first two are both quite tidy animals I, I think this was a bit of a plot job I don't think that um, it's taken a while for him to warm up over fences I think he's been not ridden as competitively as he should be um, is that a nice way of putting it? Um, if you look at his run at Fairy House, he wasn't asked to be even in the race. He got beat by Animix by 42 lengths. Um, it's like, it, it, we're just jumping around and just to get him a handicap mark. And that's what they certainly did. Um, and then he won next time out of Goran just a week later or so. And he, he's beat Capucci Mix easily. And then in this... He's been given a rating of one four seven, and he's exploited it. Um, he's got, it's clear he was a few pounds ahead of his mark, but well done to Gordon Elliott for that campaign and that horse clever uh, campaigning, and he's won very very well in the end. My strong strong fancy in this was Grenatine, and if the race was to be run again, I think he might have won it, and that, and that's a bold statement. I think he would have won it. He he made superb headway with three to jump and then two out. He got squished in between two. I can't remember what they were, but they didn't jump very well. He got out of that and Harry Cobb shot for a room once again, pulled him out, got him jumping again, and then two more squeezed him at the last and he didn't exactly get away that well. If that race was to happen again, I'm sure that Harry Cobden would have ridden him a bit differently. Um, he's off a rating of 150. I don't know if he got moved up. I don't think he should have, really. Um, I'll just have a quick gander. Um, he is... Oh, he got put up a pound. Um, but I, I don't think that should affect him. And I think there's a handicap chasing him next season. Get him round Kempton or something like that. Or Sandown over two mile. And I think he's full of speed and he's electric. And he's a horse I really, really like. So keep your eye out for him. Um, and that's all I've got to say on this race, really. Chosen mate was very, very handicapped. The money came for him. 
and the Irish went home happy. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, I like Eclair de Bofu. I backed him at Leopardstown uh, when he won that race. <laughs> Look, it's, it's a bit of a... It was something that Liam uh, mentioned on our preview about horses who'd, who'd, who'd won handicaps that season. Uh, and I couldn't really have had Eclair de Bofu in a race with a, a fair amount of plot jobs. But, you know, he's, he's proved me wrong and he's, he's a 150s plus horse. So he's a winner. In fact, probably the first four home... Are all are all better than 150 us and then back to form in third and well done to Gordon Elliott uh, and Davy Russell for this it looks a nice type chosen mate as we move on to the final race of the festival and a win for one of the smaller yards indefatigable for Paul Weber just getting up to beat Philip Hobbs's pylon great white shark third happy go lucky fourth although an unlucky loser surely the boss's Oscar in fifth for Gordon Elliott hampered by the fall of stable mate Column of Fire, who was going very, very well when coming down. Uh, but Jim Indefatigable has been a stable star for Paul Weber, uh, and she's done this really well, well-deserved for the team. Yeah, it, it was. Um, she's a horse that has been slightly frustrating for people running mare's hurdles. Um, she's gone off short odds many a time uh, and been beaten. However, in this, she's had a good, good field size to run at. She's they've gone a good gallop, and she's rattled home. Um, she, if you if you go back to her form, she was second behind Danda Company uh, at Cheltenham in that handicap that we we saw early on in the week. That Danda Company's form uh, was well, she won, uh, he won, um, and second to Lady Buttons was no bad thing in November in the. Mare's heard look Weatherby, so she'd been running well all season behind Silver Forever, and she won. She beat Copper Gone West at Warwick early on in that in another listed race. So she's she's trying at listed level. She was off a rating of one four five here, and Rex Dingle uh, give her a superb ride coming up the stands rail, and she's flown on devastating for Pylon for Philip Hobbs, who didn't exactly have the week that he was probably planning on, especially with Deffy Desai. And, and and many of these Abba was slightly disappointing if you chuck him in as well. Um, but Paul Webber's been trying for 25 years for a Cheltenham Festival winner. We saw him go so close with time for Rupert um, in the 2010 World Hurdle. And he's finally had his day. And I, I do think that if uh, Column of Fire had stayed on his feet, he'd have won. And that's all I've got to say. One of my mates back Great White Shark each way, <laughs> just because of its name. And that, that's as much as I've got. Flash the Steel, who I sort of fancied as a handicap job, held up and never really found an awful lot. Um, and Front View was very, very disappointing. Uh, we know that Liam was strong on a GP horse for this, and he just made too many mistakes. And he did lose a right for shoe in the end, but I think his jumping went to absolute pieces throughout. He hit the second, but I think he hit the sixth as well. And he made a mistake at the last as well, which didn't help. And that completely bottomed him. But he's still interesting off a mark of 139. If he can pick up his jumping, I think there's better races to go for him. But well done to Paul Webber and Rex Dingle's first Cheltenham Festival winner on Indefatigable. 
Yeah, the, I remember when you mentioned Paul Weber coming close in the years, the one that immediately sprung to mind for me was Cantlow. Cantlow? It was an absolute yes. stalwart for the Webbers. Uh, it was placed in a pretense probably just under a decade ago. Uh, that might have been before JP bought him, actually. He used to wear the uh, yellow and white hoops. My, uh, my only remembers Paul Webber horses because my granddad always used to used to back him. Was there a horse called Carlito Briganti? Uh, that I was think... a Gordon Elliott and then went to Karen McClintock. Yeah, but previous to that, wasn't I, I'm pretty sure there was a different one. Um, on the Coral Cup. He won, he won the was it the Coral or did he win? He won the Imperial Cup and then the County Hurdle or something like that. I'm um, sure he won the Coral Cup, pal. Um, I think he he won the Imperial Cup and then finished second in the County Hurdle, I think, and that's the closest. Is that the closest the horse has done to doing the double? Because that's why they put the prize money up. I don't exactly know that. If any of our older listeners. Is, before I was even born, so um, probably. So, if anyone knows about that, please get in touch. Um, but you are thinking of an entirely different horse, Jim. Am I? Yeah, Carlito Brandt is a Coral Cup winner for Gordon Elliott, and then yeah, he, he was entered in the Grand National for Karen McClintock, and he was a non-runner on the day. Did did three years ago? Did um, Carlito Briganti get beat by Hidden Justice? At market raisins. Maybe that's why I'm getting it mixed up. McGunder's horse beat Carlito Briganti, I think. I'm not quite sure. I'll have a look. No, he never ran at market raisin. So we'll move away from uh, <laughs> a tributive <laughs> horse's form to an entirely different horse. Uh, yeah, I, I guess a lot of the handicap plot jobs the ones we were thinking about on paper, none of them paid off. I liked the way of thinking, never really threatened front view. Was worried that he looked slow in Ireland before, and that was the thing I took out of this race for him as well. Don't think he's particularly quick enough to uh, to threaten in a race of this quality at this level. Maybe over three miles, we'll see a better version of him. A column of fire and the boss's Oscar are surely the two to take out of it, mate. Yeah. Um... Most definitely. Carlito Briganti did win the Imperial Cup in 1997. There's two of them. There's two of them. 1997. Carlito Briganti, Jamie Osborne, Paul Webber. Bang! We're on. We're in here. Jamie Osborne, Rod. Five year old claiming, claiming, uh, was it carrying 10 stone? Is there out about Carlito Briganti? No, no. That's as far as it can go. He did win the Imperial Cup. I haven't made this up. There's two of them. There's, There's two a South one as well. Oh my god! I know, I know, not because of uh, just using at the races to search for the horses' form to check, but because I am now a South African racing expert and DM me for South African and greyhound. Nineteen ninety-two, Great British. Here we go. I'm on the racing post. That'll be the one then, Jim. That'll be the one. That'll Paul be the Weber, one. Lady Bamford. We're in. I've found That's it. That's who it is. That'll be who it is. The other, the other thing I take away from the race would be Pylon, who I think he's a very, very smart horse. But minimum trip, please. Yeah, definitely. Put him in the Great Wood next season. I think he'd go very close in that. Why is this taking so long to load? I want to find out if he's in his second in the county hurdle. 
Oh, God. Oh, God, we've got to... We've got to wait for Jim. While that loads, Jim, highlight of the festival, please, mate. Personally or in general? Go for both. Personally, Lost in Translation's performance. Um, performance of the festival, I'm going to say Honeysuckle. Brilliant. I found it. I can... We're on. Second, yes. Second in the county hurdle in 1997. Jamie Osborne rode again, beat by Nicky Henderson and Richard Dunwoody with Barnaby. And uh, Miss uh, Peter Niven rode the third. Yeah, I've, I am right. Carlito Briganti finished second in the county hurdle. There you go. I was tell you what, Paul, I was utterly unaware of the existence of a Carlito Briganti senior. Because <laughs> my, me and me got into a conversation the week after after Paul Weber had won. That was the only reason why. Good knowledge that though, mate. I like that. Lady Bamford having jumpers as well. Insane. As as I'll say my highlight of the festival. Had to be Envoy Allen, who could be oh, the best yeah. we've seen in decades. Oh, yes. Could be the best we've seen in decades. Don't forget, though, that on a form line through Papa Tango Charlie and the big breakaway. In seven, <laughs> seven <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Uh, I, I do think, though, we saw some brilliant races on the Thursday and Friday. The Marsh, the Spud race, and the Gold Cup in particular. Correct. All absolutely brilliant. Uh, we don't know when racing is going to be back, Jim. We would have done a flat preview, wouldn't we? We would have done a Lincoln uh, episode. It would have been the Grand National Horse by Horse episode this week, which genuinely last last year took us four and a half hours to record. I think it was three, uh, three hours and 25 last year. I had to go and move my car halfway through. Uh, it, were, it, 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 it took us that long. Uh, but we will try and get content out. Uh, we hope it's back as soon as possible even if it's we could do what like just me and you just talking about horses we like growing up if anyone cares about that if people want us to do a quiz I'll write another one even though I know you yeah. don't want me to do that Jim just, uh, yeah why just, don't you just, write a quiz yeah why don't I write a quiz and then we'll invite some people on and then I don't have to answer it and humiliate myself for three years in a row <laughs> If, if there's a if there's a need for a quiz, I'm, I'll be willing to have a gander. It probably won't be as good as Lewis's. Um, however, at least I won't humiliate myself. Well, <laughs> loosely. Okay. I could do I could, or I could do an audio stable tour of my starters orders yard. <laughs> I don't think people are that desperate yet. Although you see Josh Stacey's. Um, Commentated by Charles, uh, Charles Hunt. Oh, I enjoyed that last night. He's nine, you're not 19 forever. You don't, have, you don't have starters orders yet, and I've been banging on about it for, for years. No, I don't. I don't I, you know what, Lewis? I'm not a massive computer gamer, if I'm being brutally honest. No, I'm I, not. I, I don't have a console or anything, but I do play but, starters orders. But I do, have, I do have Farlap, the game on Xbox, where my stable is superb on there. I have won... The equivalent, I've won South African grade ones for fun on that. So, <laughs> um, 
I am a South African tipping expert as well, just to let you all know. No, I'm not. Um, so. No, Jim. Yes, you are. Keep it going. Let's win some people. <laughs> you just we'll... send, send me my PayPal details and give us 100 quid and I'll give you 20 winners. <laughs> we'll be back as soon as we can to let, let us know what sort of content you want to see from us. Hopefully we can get as much. Yeah, message, message us as much as you want. We haven't really got a lot to do, haven't we? We've only got, only got to talk to each other. Message us if you're feeling a bit down or bored about horses because we're always there, aren't we, Lee? Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, like you say, stay safe, everyone. Uh, keep Try and keep your spirits up. Try and, try and keep the crack going on Twitter. Uh we, it, 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 to be fair, it's, it's given a lot of people a good chance to reminisce, and I've loved I've loved seeing some of the uh, some of the creative content yeah. that's been put out on on Twitter this week. Uh, <laughs> Racing tales. This is the idea ideal time for him to have created a Twitter account, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not particularly sure what the story is behind that. Tony <laughs> Calvin doesn't seem to be too happy. As uh, that might be time to wrap the festival <laughs> up there, Jim. Uh, yep. Thank God we got it. Thank yeah. God we got it. Uh, we hope this is over as soon as we will bring you a podcast when we can decide of, of of what best to do. We hope you've enjoyed listening to what is probably the le- the what latest ever Cheltenham Festival preview. Uh, uh, was so it re- three weeks review. ago? Yeah, three review ago. started three weeks ago. We finally got round to a review, but as I said, we, we 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 did want to make sure we had some stuff to put out uh, during the lockdown. So that that's why that's why we decided to leave it leave it a bit longer Uh, and thanks to everyone for listening we hope you're all well stay safe see you later wash your hands